okay, so this is slightly different to my usual um, podcast episode. I really just want to get some stuff off my chest about what's happening in New Zealand with COVID-19. And, um, you know, I listened to uh, the announcements that our Prime Minister made about their approach uh, to vaccinations and... um, you know, we're in a, situa- a tricky situation where Auckland, our main city, is still locked down after many weeks now, maybe around two months, eight weeks, something like that, possibly a bit longer. Um, and they're obviously, it's driving them nuts, of course. And the, the um, it, it's, it's spreading. You know, New Zealand's typical approach to it has been to contain, contain it and then stamp it out. And it worked in the first phase, but it hasn't worked in this in this phase. And now uh, the solution is a, like a traffic light system. And uh, what they want to do is uh, put targets in place for the health boards to hit vaccination rates uh, at 90% double vaccinated. And when I listened to our Prime Minister say to me, to everyone obviously but I was listening that if you hit these targets we will begin to give you your freedom were literally her words and she said if you if you want to enjoy summer get vaccinated if you want to go to concerts get vaccinated she was literally bargaining our freedom (laughs) and you know it just spoke to something deep within me where um you know our freedom is guaranteed we don't need to bargain our freedom we can do whatever we want whenever we want any power that that our government's been imbued with can be revoked at any time. And, you know, that really made me begin to think that, you know, because they're bringing in vaccine passports as well. So if you, if you want to go to a concert, show your passport that you're double vaccinated and you can come in. <laughs> um, now, I... My, I try to be neutral on everything because there's all, everyone's perspective is valid. The, the, the polarized perspectives on this topic are both valid. Um, you know, if you, if you, because believe me, I was trapped in Auckland because I live in Queenstown in the South Island of New Zealand. I was trapped in Auckland for six weeks and I couldn't get home and I wasn't allowed to cross the border. And the feeling that I felt of being trapped and powerless to, um, to go even go to my own home, uh, it really messed with my head. And I was having, uh, dreams, uh, nightmare. Well, they weren't scary, but I was having nightmares about crashing through the barricade in my car. Um, I was thinking about, you know, I found myself trying to figure out ways 
to uh, escape. You know, I just found my mind wandering there. And I was thinking, you know, is there, you know, I was thinking about, because I had my car with me, I was thinking about selling my car, buying a motorbike, and then going, you know, sneaking through the forest. Now, I never would have done these things, but that's where my mind was going. It was, I was obviously in fight or flight mode, and my biology was saying, here's a way to escape. Um, and so I know what these Aucklanders, are, how they're feeling, being locked down for so long, uh, that feeling of being trapped, uh, the mind begins to wander, and at some point you'll be prepared to compromise something in order to get your freedom back, especially if you believe that you have to bargain for it. Now, most New Zealanders think that the government does have the power to um, bargain with you using your freedom. And the sense of entitlement that the government has, that they have this power, that they assume they have this power, it just goes to show that even the people in power um, really are clueless about the nature of how they come to be in power and the mechanism that is holding that structure in place is purely uh, the word of common law, bonding sovereign, breathing human beings to the law of statute. It's the only thing. And not realizing that that can be revoked verbally at any time. At any time. But people don't, you know, when people hear this information, they're like, oh, no, that's that, it can't be right. Um, and even people close to me that understand my obsession with this topic, um, they're, they're still like, no, surely it can't be, that can't be right. <laughs> it just sounds crazy, but it's not, it's true. But it's, it's like that whole concept of hiding something in plain sight. If you really want to hide something uh, from someone you know, place it as close as possible into into the line of sight of people. You know, where, you know, I watched a movie last night called The Pianist about a Jewish pianist in Poland who was, um, you know, fighting for his survival um, during World War II with the Nazis. And, you know, they decided to hide him right in the middle of where all the German soldiers were living and even the soldiers were um, getting care in the German, in the hospital. You know, right in the lion's den, they said. And this is the thing about the law. It's hidden in plain sight. People, people's, they, they don't understand how simple it is that your power is your word and your word is your bond. And the only thing that bonds you to the law of statute is your word. Now, you've probably given your word in, a, in uh, some form of writing, you know, a signature and a contract. But really, that is just a physical record of your word. You know, this is my pledge. I pledge to being a solemn promise. I pledge to, you know, uphold the terms of this on this piece of paper, it's a record 
of the word I'm bonding, I'm bonding to, of my word that I'm bonding to you with. It's a record of my pledge. But people don't realize common law. You can revoke it at any time because you're free. You can revoke it at any time because you are free. Because nature evolves and adapts to the emerging truth. And that's the way all of nature is. And nature is the only thing that governs life. The laws of nature are the only thing that govern life. And so if you don't have the freedom to revoke your word, if you don't have the right of refusal, then you're not na- you're, that's not nature. <laughs> it's not nature. You know, imagine in nature if, if you're an atom and then you bump into some kind of atom that wants to bond to you and you don't have the right to repel it. You have to bond to it. <laughs> The world would be a very dull place, made up of the same compounds. (laughs) You have the right to refuse, and it's simply, you wield your power with your word. And so, you know, something that really stuck with me from this movie last night, the pianist that I watched, was... You know, a theme throughout it, I was thinking to myself, well, there's only a dozen soldiers here and they're containing, you know, a couple of hundred people. Yes, they've got guns, but why don't you fight back? And you know, I kept thinking this, you could overrun these guys, you could overrun these guys. And of course, it's very easy to say, I mean, you're in fight or flight mode, all you really care about is not getting shot by someone with a gun. Nonetheless, if if they had had unified an intent to overrun the soldiers, some of them would have lost their lives for sure. But the will of the people would have prevailed. And, you know, I'm not someone... um, I'm not a protester by nature. Um, I believe that... um, being against anything uh, is just resistance um, to, you know, someone else's perspective, really, and that the only solution to, um, you know, living in a world that we want to live in is to focus on what it is we want, not not what we don't want, and that, you know, protest can be it's almost like trying to blame someone else for why we feel disempowered when the truth is we can claim our power at any time. We just don't realize it. We don't understand it, but we don't have a mechanism to do it in a practical way where we're not saying we are anti this, we are anti that. We're just pro-choice and this is the choice that I want to make. Now, the I think the thing I really want to talk about in relation to um, freedom is that freedom is not about 
uh, being bonded. Although that comes into it, freedom is is about being free of obligation. So even in a scenario where um, there's no or there's no um, government forcing you or mandating vaccines, even if they're not trying to force you, and even if they're not legally trying to force you, you're still not free because of the sense of obligation to the rest of the country who are desperate to get out of lockdown and the only way they can conceive of escaping their prison is to make other people feel obligated to get vaccinated and of course you can't blame them you can't blame them but you because people are free you can't force you can't force your neighbor to do something that you want them to do that's not freedom and so the only mechanism we have, um, you know, when we want, when we place a dependency on other people for us being free, imagine that. My, 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 let's say I'm locked down in Auckland right now, and in my head I'm saying to myself, my capability and capacity to be free is dependent upon the decisions of my neighbor. And so I don't have the power to impose my will upon my neighbor, but I can't influence him. So how am I going to do it? I'm going to try and create a sense of obligation. Guilt. I'll try and guilt them. I'll try and shame them. I'll do every anything I can to convince them to get vaccinated so that I can be free. <sighs> no one is free until they are free of obligation, and this is why I bang on about an obligation-free economy, a gift-based economy, obligation-free. We are, we are not truly free until we are free of obligation. And we're giving of our gifts freely because... We're appreciating our own gifts. It's not about how much money they're worth and you know placing a condition. I will I will not share my gifts unless you give me money. You'll never succeed with that mindset. People who succeed are using their gifts because it feels good and because it, they enjoy it and because the, they love what they're doing, and then. The reward just comes. But this is the way things are heading right now. 90% target vaccination rate. 90%. And uh, man, it's getting tense on social media. I don't even go on there anymore. You know, I, I jump on rarely. I jumped on today for the first time in probably two, three weeks just to see what my friends are up to and they're basically just fighting about COVID and vaccines. Um, it's breaking my heart is the honest truth. It's breaking my heart. And I'm, I will... 
I'm not someone who's going to fight against anything, but what I what I am really inspired to do now is just to share my perspective on all of these things. So people who are feeling obligated to get vaccinated when the truth is underneath they're terrified of getting vaccinated or um you know they've got a really valid reason why they don't want to get it um so that they're equipped with information and you know obligation is an interesting thing because it's just a sense and it, it, it's driven from a desire to please someone else. And, you know, the ultimate truth is that you don't have to follow through. You, you're not obligated. Your decisions are your own. And if someone else is making you feel like you have to make a certain choice to please them, um, just know that you are free to withhold and to refuse. Always, always. And if someone else, even if it's 90% of the population, <laughs> is guilty you and shaming you for not making a decision that pleases them, um, that's a very, uh, that's, a, that, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Talk about peer pressure. I mean, it's massive. But just know and understand that your their freedom is not um, contingent upon your decisions. It has nothing to do with it. They can take their freedom whenever they want, but that they're choosing to be um, to allow their freedom to be um, impinged upon by the authority they've imbued with their power. And they don't see another way. Um, and again, you know, the process of claiming our freedom um, is actually very simple and so simple it's hard to believe how simple it is. But the revocation of a free will contract. Uh, in common law, where your word is your bond and the only thing that bonds you to statute law is your word a revocation is very very simple um, but you know I still stand firm that well I don't it's not as firm as I used to stand on it let me assure you but we're not ready to govern ourselves you know anyone that is considering revoking their um, their bond to the law of statute, you know, think really hard about what you're doing and, and what the government is providing you, um, you know, as a as an aspect of your life you're totally codependent on. You know, what would it be like to not be able to use the roads or have a driver's license or, you know, get get care when you need it, have an ambulance turn up and look after you, have the police protect you. You know, there have to be solutions for these things before um, an op we live in an obligation-free world where 
All of us are free people walking on the land and our choices are our own. Um, but any society where uh, the capability and capacity for another human being to thrive is dependent on our own individual choices is promoting disempowerment. It's promoting, um, you know, it, it's becoming more and more authoritarian and um, this is a, about as bad as it can get really in terms of being authoritarian. It, it, we're going in the opposite direction of um, self-responsibility and sovereignty and individual sovereignty at, at this time. And so I, I know, some, you know, something's going to give, you know, as I'm recording this, um, I know that there are, you know, in New Zealand, there are people protesting, standing up for their human rights. Um, you know, they had, had small beginnings and I think they're coming up to the third round of protesting now. Started off about 2,000 people. On the next one they had, it was 8,000. And I think they're expecting many, many more this time. I mean, that's still such a small group of people. But, um, you know, I think given the announcements that have just come, wouldn't be surprised me if that was many, many more people now. <sighs> it's really sad. And, um, yeah, all you can rely on is your own discernment and just make sure you've got access to good information. You're not, you're not obligated to do anything for anyone to please them, to, to abate their fear. Um, and no authority has ever and will ever be able to bargain with you using your own freedom. <laughs> um, you know, that, that, that authority that is trying to bargain with you right now, they believe they have that power. Of course they do, but they really, really don't. <laughs> they really don't. They, they're just assuming that you're going to continue um, allowing them to have that authority. And so until we claim it back, they will continue on with a sense of entitlement. Um, that's just the nature of human beings. Um, you know, when there is a sense of obligation in place, coming, what comes with it is a sense of entitlement. Um, and, you know, the reality is that the our relationship with the government um, is more about um, a, a sense of obligation to it rather than, you know, the intricacies of how we're bonded to it legally. Um, but all I really want to share is that my heart is breaking. My heart is breaking. It's 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 weighing heavy, and I feel very sad. And I want I want human beings to taste the sweetness of freedom and living an obligation free life, using the gifts they've been imbued with by nature. Meeting the unmet needs of others, 
just by living a meaningful and joyful life, sharing their gifts freely, obligation-free, and being appreciated for it by people who have the intention, the willingness, and the capacity to appreciate those gifts. So how can we? Okay, I'll catch you soon.